up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Mass Murder Talk. I'm your host, Janine, and I want to thank you for listening. Before we get into the episode today, I want to talk about a few things. First off, I just wanted to say that I'm extremely appreciative of my listeners, and of course, I'm going to be able to grow as a podcaster, so I'm really curious as to what type of content my listeners are most interested in. For instance, I notice a lot of people love that first episode on the Roden Family Murders, so if that's the type of content that you like, please let me know. I definitely want to keep my listeners happy and engaged. That's very important to me. Also, I want to do a couple of video podcasts, so if that's something you'd like to see, please let me know that as well. Yes, my stories will always have something to do with mass murder, hence the name, but do you like couples, the family angle, rampage? Would you like me to add sound effects or keep my podcast as is? Would you like me to do more episodes with my husband? Please go to my Facebook page, Mass Murder Talk, leave a comment or comments, and let me know what you as a listener would like. Don't forget to click the follow button so you'll be alerted when I post podcast information such as pictures, video clips, and things like that, and when new episodes will be released. And I will pop on every so now and then and do a live video. Also, I would like to say, please consider donating to my podcast. Donating will help me to continue to bring the content that my listeners love to hear. Plus, it will help me to improve my content, bring better content, and have guests and co-hosts on, and sometime in the future, conduct interviews. Also, since I eventually want to switch to doing video podcasts, donating would definitely help with that. If you're interested in supporting, you can go to any of my platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or Spotify, Type in the name of my podcast, Mass Murder Talk, and there you can find the link. For those that decide to support, I just want to say thank you in advance. Lastly, I have my wonderful husband with me again as my co-host. This episode deals with the military, and for those of you that didn't know, my husband was in the Army Reserves, and I would li- really like to hear his thoughts and opinions. What's up, you massheads? So, with all of that out of the way... Let's start the episode. So this episode is about the Thousand Oaks, California shooter, Ian David Long. I was familiar with the story, but I didn't know much about it until I started doing more research and I thought it was interesting. The motive is what caught my attention. So on November 7th, 2018, Long shot and killed 13 people at Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks, California. Thousand Oaks is in the northwestern part of greater Los Angeles, approximately 40 miles from downtown L.A. One of the people suffered a gunshot wound and 15 people were injured by incidental causes. So let's do a little backstory on Ian. Ian David Long was born March 27, 1990 to his mother, Colleen Long. It was reported by a family member that Ian's dad died from cancer when he was a kid. Long went to Newberry High School, which is near Thousand Oaks. He played baseball in high school, and his old coach said that he was a very intense person and that he didn't seem like a happy kid, and it was really hard to get him to smile. I've heard that before. You've heard what before? That it's hard to get me to smile and that I was a really intense kid. Well, yeah, sometimes it is. I don't know what it is with military people. It seems like a lot of military people that I know do not like to smile. I don't know if 
what that's about. Do they tell y'all not to smile like when they take your picture from basic or something like that? Oh, no, we're just born different. Okay, I'm not really sure what that means. So after leaving high school, Long signed up for the United States Marine Corps in 2008, and he served from 2008 to 2013. He was deployed to Afghanistan on November 16, 2010. He handled heavy machine guns and direct combat. When he returned, he had several awards and accommodations, including a Combat Action Medal, which means he saw combat, and a Marine Corps Good Conduct Medal. During this time in Afghanistan, Pastor Thomas Burke, who served with Long in the same regiment, said that Long's battalion was in Helmand Province when he was fighting. When he was in there fighting, the fighting was very intense. So, Tony, what do you know about that? Well, the Helmand Province was a uh, part of Afghanistan that uh, the U.S. and NATO forces tried to control uh for a very long time there was some very intense fighting that happened there and one of the big parts of the Afghanistan the Afghanistan war was trying to get Helmand province so what is Helmand province is it like I don't know is it kind of like what we would consider a city more like a state but yeah um and it, it's kind of how it sounds it's its province and it's got a lot of different terrain mm, okay so on march 2nd 2013 records show that long left the marine corps with the rank of corporal his former roommate and family members suspected he was suffering from ptsd but it was never confirmed so tony interject your opinion do you think he could have been suffering from ptsd oh the could have been PTSD or any kind of other mental disorder. There's no telling. So a little while after he was home, he wanted to change career paths and decided to enroll in athletics training at California State University at Northridge. Shortly before he was scheduled to graduate, David made a post on Shadowspear, which is a military forum, saying, I am graduating with a bachelor degree in athletic training in two months. I found out a little too late that it just wasn't the job for me. Maybe the ego got the better of me, but it only took one time for a 19-year-old D2 athlete to talk down to me and tell me how to do my job, and that's when I realized this wasn't the career that I wanted to head. So, Tony, have you experienced stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the reasons I got out of the Army. Um, one, like, we would get some second lieutenant straight out of college that had never seen anything in his life show up and try to tell me how to run my job. Like, dude, that ain't going to happen. And I can only imagine having some 19-year-old kid that's an athlete try to tell you how to do your job. Like, nah, dude, that's not that's not going to fly. I don't understand how an athlete can tell you how to do your job anyway. I mean, I really wasn't very athletic, but so when he was trying to tell him how to do his job, like what was he, was he telling him that he wasn't doing something the right way or? Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, it depends on what Ian's job was. If he was supposed to be taping the athlete, and um, I know, like, for me, when I got taped in high school for football, 
my athletic trainer knew that I liked my tape a certain way because my ankles were weird and so were my wrists. Um, so the athlete could have been trying to tell him he wanted to be taped different or a certain stretch or something like that. And the athlete didn't like it. And there's, there's one way of telling somebody you don't like the way they're doing something. And then there's a way of just being disrespectful. And especially to service members, we, we take the way and what you say as two different things. So I can say, hey, can you retake my hand? Um, it just doesn't feel right. Versus retake my fucking hand because you didn't do the right fucking thing. Well, that's understandable. I'm a very big person on this. Not what you say. It's how you say it. So the school had reported that David attended class in 2016 and never graduated. As part of my job, I work with vets every day. So I understand where he was coming from. Vets deserve our fucking respect, period. So I'm guessing at this point, David starts to spiral a little. A former roommate of David's described him as kind of weird that he always locked himself in his room and he was always alone. And the roommate also stated that he never saw David get violent. So some years had passed and it's now 2018. And at this point, David is living at home with his mother, Colleen, in Newberry Park, California. Earlier in the year before the shooting in April of 2018, Ventura County Sheriff's deputies were called to the home to check on him because they said he was acting somewhat irate and a little irrational. He was evaluated by mental health professionals, but they determined that he didn't need to be on a psychiatric hold. And around this time of year, a neighbor complained about loud noises coming from the house. He said that it sounded like David was tearing down walls and that the noise would start and then stop and then it would get really loud and then he would hear shouting. The neighbor was also a little annoyed and concerned because he said that it was a quiet neighborhood. So, Tony, any thoughts? Uh, it could have been anything. He could have been having some sort of episode, especially with the whole neighbor thing. But in hindsight, the incident with the, the sheriff's deputies probably put a, could have put him on a hold, but at that time... It probably was the right thing to do. Who knows? So uh, we can see David start to spiral even further. His mother said that she was worried about her son and that she lived in fear. And she she had told a neighbor that she was kind of beside herself because um, she didn't know what to do and he refused to get help. It was known to people close to David that he had a strong disdain for civilians or anybody not associated with any branch of the military. It was later discovered that he really didn't like college students because when he was in college, he was disrespected by fellow students. They would say things like, anyone who joined the military deserved to be shot and killed overseas. Oh, what the fuck? So, first of all, what fucking idiot would say that shit? That is definitely some entitled asshole type of shit. I seriously don't think that some people don't realize what vets have done for us. So I 100% get David's anger and frustration. So, Tony, I know that you're dying to say something in response to that. So go ahead. Uh, yeah, look, I'm going to tell y'all right now. Let me find out y'all say some shit like that. Because I'm, 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 it's not going to end well, right? Um, being a veteran, 
you don't you don't say that. Um, I've lost a lot of friends overseas, and I I hold their memory with the utmost regard. And let me find out that I'm. Mm, Mm. I'm 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 gonna admit I'm a little I'm a little heated right now. Well, I think any vet that were that was to hear that, I think it would definitely strike a nerve. That's extremely disrespectful. I don't see how anybody could say that. So one of one of one of David's female friends of five years said that they had frequented Borderline Bar and Grill, and she said that he really liked it. She said they would go have a drink, sit, talk, listen to music, which is what most people do when they go to a bar. The friend would also go on to say that he was part of the borderline community. So he was happy there. He was comfortable. It was a Western-themed establishment that hosted country, salsa, and swing dance nights. Borderline was hosting College Country Night on Wednesday, November 7th, the night of the shooting. That sounds like my kind of bar. A country bar? Hell yeah. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I am a Copenhagen guy. So she said the whole bar was dancing and doing little choreographed line dances, watching the Lakers game and playing pool. So everyone was there having a good time, but it turned bad very quickly. So I'm not really sure what happened. I couldn't find any info on what happened or what led up to the shooting. I'm wondering if something happened that set him off or this was something that he decided to do on the fly or something he was planning. I just couldn't find anything. So at 11.18 p.m., a gunman who was later identified as Ian David Long entered the borderline bar and grill and opened fire on 260 patrons and employees inside. He was armed with a 45 caliber Glock, which was equipped with a laser sight and seven manned high-capacity magazines, carrying a total of 190 rounds, along with a folding knife, 10 smoke bombs, and two fireworks. So, Tony, what do you think about the gun he chose to use? I mean, 45 caliber Glock seems, you know, standard. Uh, I like how, because it's California, Anything over a 10-round magazine is considered high-capacity and illegal because California. But, yeah, um, basically sounds like a, a, a small little loadout. Um, what the, about the folding knife? Yeah, the, the folding knife is just when you're run out of ammo. That's, that's all that is. Um, the uh, fireworks and the smoke bombs... Sound like distraction and cover and concealment. Hmm. Witnesses said that everyone there was having a good time and suddenly a man wearing a black trench coat and dressed in all black came in. He killed the cashier first, then started shooting at the patrons. He fired a total of 61 rounds and threw smoke bombs. Within the first few minutes, many people died while they were lying on the floor or trying to charge at him. So... I am not an expert by any means, but if someone is there with a gun, the last thing I am going to try to do is charge at them. So you want to say something, Tony? Go ahead. Say what you want to say. Well, I was just going to start out with he went with the stereotypical black trench coat. I mean, come on. That's that's suspicious, number one. Um, and the whole charging a gunman, let me tell you all right now, 
don't charge gunmen. It's it doesn't end well. Uh, I've heard of multiple stories where it did, but it was because the gunman wasn't a trained combat veteran. Every branch of the service trains in weapon retention, dealing with hostile contacts that are advancing on your position. It's not good. Don't do it. Find a place to hide or try to get away, but don't go charging the person unless you've got ballistic armor on. So at this point, people are shattering bar windows so that a lot of people were able to escape. Some hid in employee bathrooms and even the attic. People were also hiding under pool tables and bar stools. So here's the strange part. During the shooting, he answered a phone call that was made by a mother of a patron that had escaped. And he also made several posts on Instagram. At 11.24 p.m., he made a post saying, It's too bad I won't get to see all the logical and pathetic reasons people will put in my mouth as to why I did it. Fact is, I just thought, fuck it, life is boring, so why not? I couldn't find where he was at the time where he had actual time to answer a phone call and make Instagram posts. So that was kind of strange to me. Three minutes later, he made another post saying, I hope people call me insane with two smiley emojis. Would that just be a big ball of irony? Yeah, I'm insane. But the only thing you people do after these shootings is hopes and prayers or keep you in my thoughts. He then added every time and wonder why these things keep happening with two smiley face emojis. That was his last post. So, Tony, what do you feel? How do you, what do you think was going on in his mind? I'm, I don't know. Um, this definitely sounds like he's he's trying to make a statement about how the civilian population reacts to a shooting. Um, don't get me wrong. Yes, military have dark, weird sense of humors. We do. If anybody knows me, I have a weird, dark sense of humor. But, you know, that's not one of the things that we run around. Oh, we're going to keep you, you know, we keep that to ourselves. And we kind of have that community around us to know it's going to be okay. And that you, you know we're thinking of you. So we don't have to say it. The civilian population seems to always feel like they have to say it but then they don't actually ever do anything. Well, a lot of times it's not about the civilian population not doing anything. It's always, well, I'm not even gonna say always, but a lot of times it's about the gun control issue. You know, there's always <laughs> anti-gun people and there's gonna be pro-gun people and there's gonna be people in the middle. I am not about to turn this into a gun debate with you. Oh, no, no. We would be here all day. Yes, we would. <laughs> so we're just going to keep it moving here, y'all. So at 1119, people who managed to escape alerted two nearby California Highway Patrol officers to the shooting. They arrived at the bar a minute later, and four minutes after that, Ventura County Sheriff showed up. Three officers started towards the building with the sheriff and entered the borderline at 11.25 p.m. One minute later, they were under fire from Long shooting at them. 
He had been monitoring their movements through nine security cameras on a monitor in the front office where he had been taking shelter. I hate to say it, but that was actually kind of smart. During the gunfight, Long shot the sheriff five times. He used a flashlight with a laser sight on his pistol. The room was large and smoke-filled, so he had cover. During this time, the sheriff was positioned between Long and a CHP officer, and the sheriff was accidentally struck in the heart by a bullet from the officer's rifle that fatally wounded him. At first, there was confusion and miscommunication whether or not there was an actual officer down. Well, and see, that's I'm not trying to rag on CHP, which is California Highway Patrol, or the Ventura deputies or anything like that, but that's one of the things that the smoke can do. It disorients you. It gets you in a bad position to where he ended up in between the target or the hostile and friendly forces, and he ended up getting shot by his own guys, um, which sounds like what happened was they lost each other in the smoke. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, which, I mean, I can't really fault them. The one thing I can say is that that should be a training scenario that they need to go over from now on is how to communicate and move while in a smoky area. Well, hopefully after this situation, they did. So by now, there's all kinds of chaos going on. Responding Ventura County Sheriff's deputies began to secure the perimeter. They located the sheriff outside of the building 20 minutes after he had been shot. Shortly after that, a SWAT team and other officers arrived on the scene. At this point, Long had stopped shooting victims and started exchanging fire with the police. At 11.37 p.m., he lit a firework and threw it out of the office. 40 seconds later, he threw another. As Tony said, he was using the fireworks as distraction. At 11.38 p.m., he committed suicide by shooting himself under the chin. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. What was that for? Uh, That just sounds like that would hurt. Fuck that. Mm -mm. (laughs) Well, I don't think that that was his main concern. I think that maybe when he did what he did, maybe when everything was all said and done maybe he had felt some type of remorse or maybe he just didn't want to live what he had done with what he had done i don't i don't know me personally having known a lot of marines um it's definitely one of those rather die on the shield issues than remorse personal opinion So there were all kinds of agencies on the scene from FBI, ATF, to Department of Homeland Security. They were all there to investigate. EMTs, paramedics, Ventura County Fire Department, and AMR were there to assist the victims. 19 survivors were rescued from inside the bar. So altogether, nine men men and three women died during the shooting, The four others that were killed were the Ventura County Sheriff Sergeant, 54-year-old Ron Helis, a 48-year-old bouncer, a 33-year-old Marine Corps veteran, and a 27-year-old Navy veteran who was actually at the 2017 shooting in Vegas, which I think is personally sad because, you, you know, you survived that to turn around and 
get shot at a local bar. In 2019, the owners of the Borderline Bar and Grill planned to renovate and reopen. In 2020, they reopened a different location in Angora Hills, California called BL Dance Hall and Saloon. So, what do y'all think? Do you think he had PTSD? David was an adult, so no one could force him to get help. I'm definitely no doctor, so I obviously can't give a professional diagnosis. But as I stated earlier, I work with vets, so I know what PTSD looks like. And what was happening with David, it seemed like it was pretty on point. Do you think his mother should have done more? Let me know what y'all think. So, Tony, any final thoughts or opinions? Uh, it, One thing about PTSD is it's it's one of those things that all the different symptoms that come with PTSD can be labeled as so many other mental illnesses or just illnesses in general. Um, so, you know, there's no telling. It could have been PTSD. It could have been TBI, uh, traumatic brain injury. Um, it could have been just bipolar or whatever. So, but it definitely sounds like he had a mental mental health issue. Yeah, and since he refused to get help, you really can't say one way or the other what it was. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the kind of scary part to me because honestly, and that's the thing that that's kind of why I do these podcasts because I kind of want people to kind of stay alert and kind of keep your head on a swivel because you just don't know what could happen at any point in time. You could be at the mall. You could be at a park. You could be anywhere. And somebody decides, fuck it, I don't want to live anymore, and I'm going to kill everybody around me. So I just want everybody to stay safe. That's part of the reason I do these podcasts. Plus, I like bringing y'all the content. So I can honestly say that I've never been in this situation, and I'm really not sure what I would do. As a parent, to know that your child is going through something mental and you can't do anything about it, that has got to be really distressing. Well, that'll do it for this episode. As always, I want to thank y'all for listening. Please consider supporting my podcast and check out my Mass Murder Talk Facebook page. I will talk to y'all in the next episode. Deuces. Deuces.